Hila, we're back, man. We are back. We're we're back for good. We did that one little yeah episode right before um the the baseball little, thing. Little teaser. Yeah, teaser. That's what it was. Um, and that was fun. Yep. But we are in the middle of the dog days of summer, man. And I'm not sure what that means, but I know yeah. it's really freaking hot outside. I, yeah. I don't know what I don't know where the dog comes into that. I don't know if you have any insight on where dogs fit into it just being super hot out. Yeah, because people really like dogs, but I don't think people really like this heat. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Coincidentally, my dog does not like the heat. We went walking a couple nights ago. Just the one little loop. It's like four-tenths of a mile. Yeah. My man didn't make it. I had to pick his ass up. <laughs> walk for a little ways. You probably had to pick me up, too. Yeah. You've been feeling bad. At this Our point. guest, well, you've been feeling bad. Our guest yeah. on the line, he had some issues yesterday too. We're gonna get into all that. Yeah, but man, it's great to be back. Let's get to the show. Welcome to To the Top Talk. Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Top Talk. We're recording this on August the 8th from beautiful, well, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Biloxi, Mississippi, I think Gulfport, Mississippi, South Mississippi in general. Here, as always, with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk a little Southern Miss athletics. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. Joining me now, and again, the one and only Patrick Lowry. What up, Pilo? Yo, <clears throat> man. I'm uh, coming off the IL. Uh, if this is going to probably sound awful the whole episode, so I'm trying. I'm going to try not to talk. But man, I don't know. It just kind of hit me out of nowhere. I was talking to Scott earlier, uh, or our guest earlier. Um, you know, it it's kind of weird to have like congestion and sinus stuff when it's 150 degrees outside. It just it doesn't seem like it's they go together. You know, it's uh, kind of stinks to feel bad when it's nice. I know you Should... feel bad, but I can't tell if you sound horrible or awesome. I think this scratchy <laughs> thing going on. Yeah, maybe I'm like maybe I'm morphing into Luke Combs. You know, they, they call me Luke enough out in the room that maybe I'm eventually getting the raspiness. Very good. Um, and today's episode is brought to you by To the Top Talk. Um, yeah. We have not yet finalized uh, all that stuff, and it might be the same guys, or it might be something different. We got a few things in the works. Mm-hmm. We'll see that all shakes out. If you're at all interested in sponsoring a football season of To the Top Talk, it's the cheapest advertising you're going to get. It's straight lined in the Southern Miss uh, fans' veins. So if your business could benefit from something like that, then you should call us. So what happened since the last time we recorded? Man, just, you know, football's campus started back. Uh, uh, There's some preseason Sunbelt awards that were given out. Some Southern Miss players got some of those. Um, I went to Texas with my family to the Hattiesburg uh, Dixie Youth World Series. Pilo, I think you had several vacations. Every time I talked to you, you were going some damn where. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got to get, we gotta get away. I mean, nowhere crazy. Just, uh, just a little weekend getaway here, you know, here and there. Uh, we lost the best podcast award again for best of the pine belts. So that's cool. That's I yeah. think is it seven years in a row? Well, they missed a year or two. I don't know. It's our eighth year of doing it. We've been nominated every single year and we always lose. So 
we got that going for us. Uh, football tickets are on sale. Basketball tickets are on sale. That's kind of weird, but I think they're actually going well. Yeah. The golf schedule has been announced. They're going all over the place um, worldwide with this team. Uh, Eddie yeah. Brusher, of course, was extended. Uh, his contract was extended yet again, so very happy for Eddie. Uh, what about foodie talk, man? Um, and and as a sidebar, too, even if you have anything to add for foodie talk, I'm sure you yeah. do what you've been cooking up. But as a sidebar, I'd like to say that I do have a new burger. Oh, uh, it's my go-to. It. It's it's from Hattie's Burgers and Blues. Okay. It's called the Sweet Butter Burger. Yeah. And it's got okay. this cinnamon butter thing, a uh, spread. Oh, wait. You didn't go into that much detail. Okay. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the bread, and it's like a glob of it. That you just spread out over the bacon and everything else. It's... I've always been a sunset guy when I go there, but oh my god, yeah, I'm always a sunset guy. All right, well, hit me up before we get to our guest. What, what you got, foodie talk wise, and what, what's been well? Going I, on I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Grin Coffee. Uh, I think it is one of, uh, and if if you've you know you're around Hattiesburg and you know of, of Tommy and, and Grin Coffee, of like a, it's amazing coffee. B, they've been talking about moving their kind of headquarters across the street and they've significantly upgraded on that i think it's one of the coolest spots in hattiesburg i'm there every week usually on tuesdays working uh and so if you haven't been there um it's a spot it is such a vibe it is so cool in there it is like the ultimate coffee shop in a college town there's probably 20 to 40 people every time i'm in there so it's happening they got the music got the coffee uh, it's a great spot. So definitely check them out. And I got to give another shout out to. Um, Are we doing shout outs already? Well, I guess a, a foodie talk maybe about super quick actual food uh, of uh, the my taco spot, man. I, I know a lot of people, if you follow Hub City Eats, I'm usually always posting at a meeting there like once a week. Uh, but the tacos by El Jefe. On Lincoln Road, right next to Sidelines, if you have not tried them out, it is as authentic as it gets and such a great family and it is excellent every single time. So uh, go check them out. Good deal, man. Uh, last thing before we get to our guest, uh, tell people where they can go to our merchandise site. And I'm not even positive. If you've uploaded any new stuff, it's getting to be football <laughs> season. Um, uh, yes, I know you have it some is. ideas up um, your sleeve. Yeah, I have a lot on the, uh, the drawing board, I guess you could say, uh, and they will be uploaded by, Hopefully by the end of this week. So the next time we record, I feel like we will be full fledged of go uh, check it out. But you'll start to see some some things uploaded this week. Uh, a couple of new designs for the Superback. So that's really all I'm going to talk about. And we have a lot hmm. of new designs for football uh, that are coming uh, for this season. So check that out. And that again is at bonfire.com slash store slash to the top talk or um, at any of our socials on the link tree. I wonder how much super back we're going to see this season. Hopefully not a lot. Hopefully you know, not a lot. Well, hopefully, but it's kind of cool. But anyway, it is cool. The, 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 one of the best people to answer that question uh, is our guest today, uh, Southern Miss beat writer for the Sun Herald, a graduate of Troy University, a Capri Sun connoisseur, and very average mustache grower. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Scott Watkins. What up, buddy? Hey guys, thanks for having me. That was a very good intro. Very accurate, <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> um, hey, I, I didn't know that about the Capri Sun. That's awesome. Oh yeah, love my Capri Sun. Well, and that came that that came about in the roost. 
of course he's working so when he comes out to the roost one day oh uh, like, okay he's like you want a beer he goes like man you got water and i was like ooh, hmm that's gonna be tough to come across yeah water but, in the roost is rare. would you like a like a blue powerade or a capri sun because we got kids drinks and he's like i'd love a capri sun pounded a capri sun down um but uh before we get going asking scott all of the questions about football season coming up and other stuff uh, Scott, can you tell the listeners how they can read your stuff and, and where to follow you on social and 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 how do they how do they sign up for uh, for a, for a subscription? Yeah, they can they can go to my Twitter account. That's pretty much where I operate mostly out of. Uh, it's just Scott Watkins to you. Um, and then you can just click on any link that I post. Uh, if you are met with a paywall, that usually means you're being offered a pretty good deal. I think it's like a dollar for the first month or so. Um, and it's, uh, it's our digital subscription is not, is very, very manageable. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a very popular one too, I would say. So uh, that's how you can get a hold of our stories. And I'm very excited to jumping back into football and doing a lot of those stories as well for the next few months. Do they still have the regular subscription? Like the guy that comes in through like the paper route, people do still people get yeah. paper routes. Yeah. yeah. That guy, he's still out there somewhere. I've never seen him. <laughs> he's out there working. <laughs> Um, well, man, how's your summer been? Um, you, you know, I, I guess people wonder, you know, what do you do in your spirits? Like when you're a Southern Miss beat writer, you probably have more titles than that, but like, what does a Southern Miss beat writer do when they aren't doing Southern Miss things? Uh, when, when Southern Miss things aren't going on, like what's been happening? Yeah. So I don't know how many people actually know this cause I don't, I don't tweet a lot about it. Um, but this summer I have been kind of dueling beats, uh, when I'm not writing about sports, I'm writing about food. And that's what they do. They, Whoa. they now we're talking. Yeah, they now we're talking. They send me out. This episode just turned into a two-hour-long thing. <laughs> <laughs> they send me out every week to go somewhere I've never been before, and then I just oh, write. That's awesome. So that's kind of been a fun thing to do. And this Good is deal. along the coast. Yeah, pretty much just on the coast. Uh, we've talked about going to like Slide L or something, or yeah. maybe doing a Hattiesburg or. Wiggins or it's even brought up that I could be sent to Leakesville, but I don't want to do that because that's really far away for a sandwich. But I might. But I uh, yeah, I don't know. I why do which Leakesville focus on the coast? Yeah, it's, uh, Green County. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm County. familiar with it. Yeah, I'm I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much there. Uh, if you drive it, if you drive after dark, you have a like more than fifty percent chance of hitting a deer. So oh, I know all about it. I lived in a uh, southeast Troy for six years. A lot of deer in that that part. Mm-hmm. Pilo is yeah. all stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. Or close to it. Yeah, close little it. little north of there. But um, so let me ask you. So you went to Troy and you found yourself writing for Southern Miss. So and and, and I've hung out with you a lot. You're you're just you're very uh, reasonable and you're very uh, you know you know where you are. Um, at the same time, you, you're you're professional about the way you go about things, and if you'll call a spade a spade, uh, how f- hard is it to remove yourself from being, you know, like fanboy to being journalist? Uh, it's it's kind of a fine line, but uh, here's here's the thing: it's very simple to uh, not let certain things go to Twitter. Uh, I think people have had problems with that in the past. Uh, I my Twitter is where I am the professional, but I want I also want to put out a little bit of personality as well. So the connection that I make, I guess the the compromise, if you will, that makes everyone happy is I am very outspoken about my hatred for South Alabama. 
And that's where that's 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 why I let it out. That's where the two things that I am kind of you know that's clashing inside of me. That's where it comes out publicly. Screw South Alabama. Yeah, South. Yeah, I guess that's we, where we South Alabama. That's the thing. I guess that's what that. Troy fans and Southern Miss fans have in common: just a disdain for yep. all things South Al. Absolutely. So South Al is one of those teams that kind of it, 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 like they. I feel like they would fit in Conference USA better. Probably, <laughs> it's got yeah. that UTSA vibe that, that yeah. whatever that is that that thing that you know just I'm like I don't get it but anyway the the La, La Tech mm-hmm. yeah it's I don't La Tech thing I think I do I do like that they're in their sunboat because they do give Troy that intimate rival that mm-hmm. they wouldn't have if not for them yeah yeah no doubt Pilo you had some yeah so obviously <clears throat> we're in the middle of fall camp and and i know that um that's kind of what the buzz is online and the message boards and and all that right now so kind of in your eyes how how's that going kind of what um what's your overall take on you know kind of take away on things so far um you know with with fall camp yeah i think the biggest thing is that we're seeing a, a full roster that's competitive beyond the uh start in 22 uh, we're seeing competition in, in the twos and the threes and a lot of spots that we just weren't uh, a year ago and especially two years ago. Offensive line is probably the greatest example of that, uh, where two years ago, Coach Hall is talking about he's got two Division One players. A year ago, he says he's got eight. Uh, this year, he says he's got guys competing for the second and third spot, which means he's got 10 to 15 guys that he, he trusts out there at any given moment. So that, that's that's probably the the biggest positive sign. Uh, that I've taken away is that the team is just a lot deeper and they're probably a lot stronger, a lot more conditioned. Uh, this this team is more prepared to play and win. That's the important thing, win the close games. Lost a lot of close games and had a couple moments where wheels just kind of fell off the bus there for a second. Those kind of things are are things that are minimized by having depth, by having a good second string, having you know guys that could start at other Sunbelt schools you know, in, in your two deep, but not in the starting lineup as well. So that's what Southern Miss has. And that's kind of the exciting part about this season is that maybe this won't be like weird. What happens this year? Last year, I watched more weird games than I've ever seen in my life in one season covering Southern Miss football. My first Southern Miss football season is just one stupid game after another. Liberty, Texas State, Arkansas State. It just didn't end. Yes, I'm, I'm looking for and, and the whole Sun Belt as a whole. It was just like every week you never knew who was going to win. You never knew. You nobody wanted to be in that top slot. Everyone, just, it, I don't, it, when you get asked, you know, what, what are you expecting? I don't know. Yeah. I have no clue what's going to happen this week. Well, so I have, and I'm trying to look for it now. I took a screenshot of it earlier. Okay, here it is. So, and I want to get into some of these different positions, uh, specifically the quarterback spot, because that's that's the biggest question that I think, or one of the two biggest questions that that most Southern Miss fans have. But um, you kind of led into it right there. What, what about this schedule? This this it's it's a really it's one of the tougher schedules. I, I've seen that. Um, I want to say Marchant tweeted out that he saw somewhere where it was the toughest schedule of the. Um, non high resource five schools. Yeah, so, Coach Hall said that at his uh at his okay. at his golf tournament. Yeah, well t- so talk about this schedule. And, and I saw where you uh you have Southern Miss ended up at seven five and five and three in the Sun Belt. Um 
I, I think that's that's very likely. Um, that's if I had to put numbers on it, I would probably be some. I hope that we win them all, right? <laughs> I hope we win every single game. But you look at this, and there's some. There's at least two top twenty-five teams in our schedule right now. I know it's preseason, but Florida State's like in the top ten. Like, talk about this this schedule, um, the challenges it's it presents, and and maybe how that lends itself to shaking out uh, with the record that you said. Yeah, it's it's really poor timing, honestly, because this is such a this is this is Will Hall's best team, and this is easily Will Hall's toughest schedule that he's faced. Um, I noticed that actually, you know, on quite a few Sun Belt schedules, that the timing for a lot of these teams just a little rough. But Southern Miss having, you know, two non-conference top twenty-five teams, and neither of those teams are the SEC team that's on their schedule. That right away is just brutal. And then you look at the back half after the bye week, and you have road trips at South Alabama and App State and Louisiana and Mississippi state. And, and then at the very end, your, your finale is the reigning champions. It I don't think it gets tougher than this. I've seen, I've seen some people point at Georgia state schedule, but I, I don't think that anybody has the road that Southern Miss has to travel this year. And I think that's where that depth that we just talked about comes in. So I, I asked Will Hall at media days, how different could it be this year after last year, when you hit November, you just got trucked by Georgia State. And then you couldn't win the close games after that. Having that depth when you run into that October, November schedule is going to be really, really big. I see the way that I kind of wrote this out is I gave Southern Miss some uh, weird wins at the end uh, because weird things happen in the Sun Belt. It always happens mid-October, mid-November. That's your weird range. When you're predicting predicting Sunbelt football, you have to – it's not 11 guys against 11 guys. There's some kind of other force that's at play. I don't know where it comes from. Some say it's it's based out of Monroe, but I really – I can't prove that. I And it does weird things in weird places, and you kind of have to get ahead of it. So I tried to get ahead of it, and I got Southern Miss beating App State, um, beating Mississippi State, but also losing to – who was it? Oh, Louisiana on the road. These are toss-ups to me. I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of these picks, vibes. A lot of vibes getting sure. But uh, I do think that seven wins is the most likely outcome for Southern Miss based on who else is in the division for the most part. I don't like Louisiana that much. I don't think any of the, the bottom three are going to be very competitive this year. I think that the team with the biggest drop-off potential is not Southern Miss. I think it's Troy. Uh, they're going to go from 12 wins to potentially six to eight this year, I think. So Southern. Hey, what happened to uh, – what's the latest on their guy, the uh, the linebacker? <clears throat> uh, I know you're not the Troy guy, but you are a Troy grad, so you I mean, in the know. Mm-hmm. I may have missed something. Um, all I, I Is Jaden McDonald maybe that we're talking about? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Pilo, you remember his name? I think I want to say it's the guy that like just about killed Wilkie last year. Anyway, he's uh, involved. He's suspended from the team indefinitely. Uh, I think I did hear about that, but I forgot who it was. So mm-hmm. I cannot speak on that. I, I haven't seen an update for it, but I do remember seeing that happen. Oh, no, it was the defensive lineman, TJ Jackson. That's okay. who it was. Yeah. That's, gotcha. That is a big loss. Probably the best defensive lineman in the Sun Belt right there. And uh, not having him is a – and not having Carlton Marshall in the middle, that's a really big hole that's been created. Yeah. Good deal. Pilo? 
Yeah. So, um, I, I know we had hit it on it earlier, but I, I would, I, I would love to, to hear your thoughts on, on this quarterback situation. Um, you know, uh, we have lots of, I think, layers to this. I mean, <clears throat> obviously we can kick that off by kind of talking about the battle that that's kind of been going on since I guess the end of last season, the guys that we've added. So the guys that are kind of in the competition right now, um, and then also let's compare that to, you know, last year's QB room versus this Q, this year's room. Yeah. We, we want to know who's going to be our quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't think anybody could be more tied uh, than, than Wiles and, and, and Edwards right now. Mm-hmm. They, they seem to be pretty dead even. Uh, they're both having pretty equal days. They can't from what I can tell. Um, and they're both – super high IQ players as well. So they, I think this battle is going to go all the way up to game week. I have uh, a series of questions right here that might, hopefully that uh, hopefully after we hear these answers, we will know who the quarterback is going to be. Um, who throws the best ball? I can't even pick one because they both – they both have a very good deep ball, actually. Um, man, I, they're so even in my head. I don't think I can lean either way with any of these questions if, if we're doing a comparison. <laughs> who is the most who who is the most athletic? They're both kind of uh, neither of them are are really trees in there, but both of them are definitely pocket guys. Um, we just haven't seen a lot out of them to really showcase their athleticism. Uh, what I what I have found interesting, however, is that the true freshman that just arrived, the first thing that they're doing is they're running those option plays, mm-hmm. and uh, they're both very fast. They're both very athletic. And it, what struck me on my first day was just how different the quarterback position could look if every if everything stays in place and you know nobody leaves. You're getting two guys who are are going to be very good, I think, at at just kind of leading the team from a field general standpoint to getting two guys that are very mobile that will open up the offense in a lot of different kind of ways, but may, may not have the downfield arm that both Wiles and Edwards has. I know that's not anything related to what you asked me, but that is a take. Right. <laughs> and you're talking about like Crawford and McCormick. I'm talking about Crawford and uh, not uh, – who's the kid from Texas? Can oh, uh, Gonzalez. Yeah, he's fast. Austin Gonzalez, yeah. Yes. Who's the most polished? I mean, the reason I ask that is because we feel like we have a good quarterback room. I mean, everybody thinks that everybody knows that, that the quarterback room is, is deeper. It's it's better than it has been the last two seasons, but there's not a whole lot of snaps. I mean, Wilkie might lead the number of snaps being played, right? Which, which I think Wilkie still throws a, a hell of a ball. Um, maybe decision-making might be a little bit different, but if you had said to say like, you know, how they look, I mean, the, the, the better decision maker, how they look in the, I mean, look the part, um, the whole deal, like polished, like ready to go, like Aaron Rodgers right now, who's the guy? To me and everything that I've watched, I have always had a slight lean towards Holman Edwards, a very slight lean. Uh, it's very tiny, but I, I've, I've heard on a couple of occasions that Wiles is a favorite of Hall's, um, but I, I can't really confirm that. And, and, and it's obviously to him, it's going to be very much tied at this point. I've always leaned towards Edwards. He has placed, when I have watched, he has been more consistent on intermediate passes than Wiles. Uh, but um, 
I would lean towards Edwards tonight. It's it's but again, it is like it is so close. Right. Uh, and last question. Um who has the most upside? Man, these are these are hard questions, but <laughs> we haven't even seen these guys play FBS football yet. I know it's so weird. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I can't say on that one. I honestly can't. I don't want to make up anything for your podcast. <laughs> I really have no idea as most upside. They both are very good. I think the high IQ aspect is just a huge, 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 huge boom for that quarterback room at this moment. Uh, they both they're pushing each other in a way that you just didn't see from the quarterback competitions of the last two years. They didn't exist. This dynamic is not there at all. And so that is kind of exponentially increasing what you're asking for that. That's just, we haven't seen what the upside could really be. I don't think. Yeah. And, and, and just to to go through all those, uh, when I was jotting them down, from the one practice that I've been to, right. (laughs) So I'm clearly an expert. Um, who throws the best, but who threw the best ball that day? Wilkie. Who's the most, who's the most athletic Edwards. Who's the most polished, uh, Wiles. Who has the most upside? I don't know. Kind of like you with that one. I'm not positive. I mean, it's fun watching Ethan Crawford out there, right? Um, he's got, he's got an absolute, uh, just bazooka. Um, you know, he can run. So anyway, I guess the point is those, we got really good play. If it gets down to, I hope we don't get to 11 quarterbacks like we did two years ago. But if it does get – and hell, after that, Jake Lyon, right? I mean, he single-handedly won the uh, – was that the Arkansas State game last year? Yeah. We jumped over the dude and the whole deal. So, you know, if we get to that point where we're like fourth or fifth down the down the depth chart, we're still okay, which, which hasn't – which probably isn't the case a lot of places. But um, that's not the only position on the field. Um. Let's let's jump into the receivers, um, and I want to get to the defense as a whole uh, eventually. But um, receivers, you know, we, we lost Jason Brownlee. Um, I'm thinking Caston Frog, uh, maybe Zay Franks. Who who do you think is going to lead the team in, in in receiving, and maybe from the wideout spot and, and and across the field. You know, normally, I, I think in, a, in an, if you asked me last year or or Caston would probably be the easy pick, but he has moved to the outside, so I honestly don't know what his role in the offense is going to look at look like now. Uh, could be Mims if he turns into a security blanket mm-hmm. for the team. I feel like it's going to be hard to really pick one of the other outside receivers because there's so many of them. I, you don't really think – I don't think anybody outside of Hattiesburg knows how many – outside receivers Southern Miss is going to have in the rotation this year because it was all Brownlee last season. Yeah. You know, Frog Jones is going to be really good. Uh, Henderson, I forget his first name. Henderson is drawing a lot of praise. Taekwon Henderson. Uh, I think it was Edwards that said he can catch any ball that's thrown in his direction. Uh, Then Hayes, of course, is, has been locked for the last two years. extremely fast to downfield threat. So they have just a treasure trove of options that we just haven't seen unlocked yet because we haven't seen a quarterback yet. So that's going to be, I think, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is finally seeing what this wide receiver room can really do. Uh, I just remember so many moments last season where uh, Wilkie was getting trucked and he let this duck go down the middle of the field and Brownlee somehow came down with it. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think we'll see a lot of that this year. Um, Talk about Zay Franks. I mean, this is a guy who uh, who 
I, I've had high hopes for and was very highly recruited. Um, and, and I know just looking at him out there on the field at the practice that I went to, good gosh, he looks the part. He looks like Brownlee, you know. Um, talk about Franks and, and is it possible that this could be his breakout season? Or does it all depend on the quarterback? I mean, if we have somebody who can throw it, obviously that helps. But um, what do you know about about Zay Franks? You uh, you took the words out of my mouth very early. He, I was going to say he, he looks every bit the part mm-hmm. of a of a great outside receiver. The only thing that's going to hold him back is I think the room that he's in. I found it to be very consistent during the spring when the on the practices that I watched, he always seemed to be uh, just in the right spots. Um, didn't drop any balls that I saw. Uh, looked very good when I watched him. The biggest thing for him and really for the other receivers and for the running back room that Southern Miss has this year is going to be stringing together first downs and allowing these receivers to get the plays and the targets that they need to break out. Um, for a guy like Franks to break out, I, he's going to have to to somehow stand above, I think, the rest of the guys. I'm I'm expecting a – I don't know, six deep wide receiver room as far as just outside receivers go. Um, a lot of players on the field. Uh, Franks is that guy that steps up, you know, great, but I, I'm not sure. The way that I see it, I think best case scenario for me is that none of them are really going to go above 50, except for maybe Casson or Mims. None of them are going to go above 50 catches because there's going to be so many on the field throughout sure. the world. I love, love, love the wide receiver room, and nobody talks about it. So I'm really happy that you've given me this opportunity to talk about this receiver room because the outside guys, they haven't gotten any TV time, but I promise you they're going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, one of the reasons that they might not get a whole lot of of TV time is because, you know, like quarterbacks, right? He touches the ball every time, and – one, the other guy that touches it all the time is, is our running back room. Everybody knows about Frank Gore. Um, Pilo, why don't you jump in here with some with some running back stuff? Uh, yeah. So obviously we know Gore and and the way he you know kind of carried us and the way he ended the season with the bowl game and that performance. And um, so really, our my first question is kind of most rushing touchdowns from a guy not named Frank Gore this year. Who do you think that's going to be? Uh, it's got to be Drew Clark. Mm-hmm. He runs so, so, so powerfully. He runs above his 200-pound weight. Um, he's he's very strong. It seems like guys just kind of bounce off of him mm-hmm. and practice whenever they're, they're full pads. That's That was my takeaway during the spring. Uh, they used him a lot during the spring to to give Frank some rest. So he, he looked really good. I mean, he looked like he could – almost 50 50 with frank out there just about i mean he hmm. he is going to be the if if they can string together the first downs he's going to be a phenomenal spellback um but yeah. that that's going to be the biggest thing uh, last year i feel like the running back room got underutilized but i don't know if that was really a play calling thing because they didn't run a lot of plays last year yeah, yeah. that's that's the thing uh that i think they're going to be a lot better at is that running back room hall hall thinks it's the best room he's ever had anyway so I'm excited about that for sure. But Drew well, yeah, that, that was kind of my question. How, how do you think we're stacking up this year as a room, as a whole, compared to last year? Uh, well, I think Clark is kind of he, – he kind of changes everything for the most part. I, he gives you a very, very, very good running back to sit next to Frank out there. And then you have some super high potential guys. Uh, you talk about really high ceilings, JQ Gray, the true freshman from, from Oak Grove. Ooh, yeah. He is a fun, fun player to watch. Uh, you've got Kenyon Clay, who is also – he's a redshirt freshman. He has also been a big fan 
the coaches have been a big fan of him. And then, of course, you got guys like Chandler Pittman, who are very, very uh, experienced, and Rambo as well, who's seen a lot, who's seen the field a lot. Yeah, a room that's just a lot of weapons. It's yeah, it's guys that have played a lot of college football. It's a guy who has played very good college football at the top, and then very, very good, very talented freshman at the bottom. So, I can see why Coach Hall likes this running back room. The uh, future looks very good at that position. I mean, did we even mention Pittman? Yeah, yeah, Chandler Pittman. I, okay. I mentioned he was uh, he's he's extremely experienced, and he might be like the third running back out there. It's crazy. Yeah. Is he back to his old self? I mean, everybody remembers that touchdown versus uh, Alabama. His, his was Alabama around yeah. the corner where he dove. You know, he outrun you know like Alabama guys, right? As as a true freshman, I mean, is he back to his old self again? I know he had some injuries. Um, how, how is he out there right now? Uh, I honestly cannot tell you. I haven't been able to watch. You know, a lot of these guys go full speed. I uh, just, I think they just went full pads like recently. Yep. And you yep. cannot, you really can't go off of uh, helmets, says Hell says, when it comes to the physicality and the uh, the more effort intensive moments of practice, you know. So over under uh, three touchdowns this year that that Frank Gore throws. If Hall has it his way, I think it's going to go under. I think all of his touchdowns will be maybe busted coverage. Uh, you know, of the 40, 50 yard variety. But yeah. I think if Hall has it his way, we'll see it on average once or twice a game. Uh, I don't think Hall wants to rely on it. Yeah. I definitely don't think Hall wants to rely on it. <laughs> uh, and if he does, I think he definitely wants to open the position. Well, obviously, he's not going, to, I think he wants to open up that package a little bit more. Um, if they're finally able to move the football some, it'll give them something new in the red zone. It'll give them something new in, in, in different spots. They just need, it all goes back to the one thing. They got to run more plays. We just have not seen what Hall's offense looks mm. like. Very good point. Um, what, what about Rambo? Where, 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 where's Rambo? I mean, you know, these are guys that we were introduced to a couple of years ago and kind of fell in love with in, in that whole, you know, that, that, that two a high school offense that, that we just had to run. Right. Um, but like, remember the Titans uh, all sending in the play and and we just rotated those three guys. So, so what about Rambo? I mean, he, every time he gets in there, he's athletic. He, um, he you know, he, he he's he's just just such a fun player to watch. But it seems like we're getting so deep that a lot of these guys that we played out of necessity, you know, we're like, where'd they go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, Coach Hall still likes him, still mention, mentions him several times uh, during practices or after practices. Uh, I, the room is just deep. I mean, that's just kind of how the situation is right now. There's a lot of really, really high quality running backs in that room. And there's one guy that stands above the rest of it. And you've got another guy who has kind of stood above the rest as a number two back. And then it's just, you've got the way I see it in tiers in the middle, you have Rambo and you have uh, Pittman, and then you've got the, the freshman underneath those guys. Mm -hmm. um, but it's going to be tough. I think, I don't know how much we're really going to see of, you know, Chandler Pittman and, and Rambo this year. Uh, they might be, I don't know how to say it. They're very good running backs, but as the as the depth has improved, their role will probably decrease. Yeah. Well, and you know, and Pittman saw a lot of a little bit of that last year. And then he yeah. makes maybe the play of the of the of the season versus Texas State there. <laughs> you know, so when you're when your numbers called, you got to be ready. And I think that they will be. 
Um, let's get into the defensive side um, a little bit or a lot. Um, let me ask you this. The fans are going to love, hate, or notice no difference at all in the Dan O'Brien defense. Uh, they should notice no difference. I think they're introducing a few schematic changes, but on the uh, surface, you shouldn't really notice anything changed. You should see a very aggressive front seven uh, with um, some pretty tight coverage on the outside. Uh, the corners are talented. Uh, they're very inexperienced. So we might see, just like last year, the big play, the big play problem might still persist, but for the most part, what we've been used to seeing, I think we will continue to see. The biggest change won't really be a schematic change. It'll be the fact that you don't have one dude whose entire job was to come onto the field on third downs and run at the quarterback, like Dominic Q1. That right. might be the only change unless somebody, you know, steps up into that role. But it, it should look pretty similar other than that. Yeah, I think, I think you answered that question. Um, what will the secondary – how will the secondary hold up and allow kind of – uh, Coach O'Brien to kind of blitz and be aggressive, or will the secondary kind of hold up? Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, again, there's it's it is a very talented group, and they've got a pretty good uh, quarterback, so to speak, and Jay Stanley. Um, I think he was my top safety in the Sun Belt when I did the player rankings. Uh, there's a lot of there is actually experience on the outside, it's just not a ton of it, you know. Uh, Tolls, I think, is uh, somebody who could actually be pretty good. I enjoy watching him practice. He made several good plays against uh, the, the the top quarterbacks, Wiles and, and Edwards. Um, and then uh, who was the other guy? Uh, it's Michael Carraway, who could also really step up and, and uh, be pretty good. Markel McLaurin, MJ, McDan MJ Daniels, Quez McNeil. Those are all guys that are all probably going to play and play early in the Alcorn State game as they work out what that corner rotation is really going to be. But they have a full two deep at both of those positions, despite losing their top two corners. So that is a very positive sign Yeah, uh, to, to have that. Most teams do not have that when they lose their top two, top two corners. But Southern still has four capable cornerbacks that I think they really like and that Dan O'Brien really likes. The player in the secondary I'm most looking forward to, though, is the new safety, Dylan Lawrence. I have heard many great thing about Dylan Lawrence. I've heard he likes to hit people. So I'm looking forward to watching Dylan Lawrence hit people. Same. Yep. Um, it, it, there's, you know, and there's a bunch of guys in that, in, in the linebacker spot, the, the Jack spot. First of all, first of all, what's the word on Hoppus? Um, so he had the, he had the medical situation, um, uh, the heart situation pop up uh what's the what's the word on him is he is he coming back i mean i assume he is um and then along with that uh maples bozeman uh, they've both battled injuries they're both studs um can they stay healthy and and is all of that kind of a key to this defense uh, living up to its potential the depth at linebacker is there it is good injuries can lessen uh, the uh, the positive impact that the linebacker core can make on this team pretty quickly, I think. If you look at the same injuries that occurred last year, Havis, I do not know anything about, and I don't want to speculate on it, uh, sure. but that particular position, they're pretty solid at with Josh Carr and Jaleel Clements. That is as good of a three deep as you can get at one particular linebacker position. 
Um, as far as the rest of linebackers go, if you end up with the same type of injuries you had last year, you do very, very quickly dip into completely inexperienced territory. Uh, when you, If you lose Bozeman and Maples, your top guy is going to be TQ Newsom, who's been a phenomenal asset to the program up to this point. Uh, but at the moment, the three deep is fantastic with Bozeman, Maples, and, and Newsom there. Uh, but, yeah, I do think that if the entry bug bites that position again, that position could become a weakness. And and kind of talking about the defense, and, and you may have hit this already, but you can bring it back up. Like, what's a name that we might not know now, but by the end of the season will kind of be a household name for Southern Miss fans on that side? Yeah, I think I've already said it. I I, I really think Dylan Lawrence is going to be that guy. Yeah. And playing, yep. the, playing the Malik Swartz role, um, I think he's going to have an opportunity to really, really make a name for himself and potentially be an all-conference type player by the end of the year. Let me ask you this, Scotty, and this is really going to put you on the spot, which I love. I know, I know you love. Um, and the thing is, I kind of entered this, and I brought you in and saying he's the guy that speaks his mind, you know. So here we go. Um, 2023 for Southern Miss is a success if. God, that's such a hard question because of the schedule. <laughs> for the program, it's a success if they win the Western Division. Okay. I'll take that. For fans, I I don't know. I guess that's personal preference. For me, eight wins. I think eight wins would be truly successful. I think you've you have proven that you've taken a step forward because eight wins means that you have won the close games, that you have uh won games that you did not play your A game during. That was like Will Hall's favorite thing to say last year. They were not good to win when they weren't playing at their very best. Mm. Eight wins against the schedule means that they've won games that they maybe weren't supposed to, that they maybe played, maybe turned the ball over three times in. Eight wins, I think, would be a success and would be proof of process and proof of really development for this program. Pila, that's kind of you like you on the golf course when you're, you know, like not hitting the great, but you still shoot like 75. That's the same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I would I would love to break 80 right now. That would be a miracle. 2023, oh, 2023 is a disappointment for Southern Miss football. If no bowl. Uh uh, I I don't think I could not call a six-win season a disappointment, especially if some of these teams are as good as they're supposed to be, especially if Tulane is contending for New Year's Six. Uh, you know, Florida State really is a top 10 team. Mississippi State gets that win at home. Six. This is a very difficult schedule. I think getting yes. to a bowl and really winning or losing that bowl, I don't think it really matters. Getting to a bowl is going to be fine for this program. Not getting to a bowl, that is a market disappointment, I think. That means you have lost games that you probably shouldn't have lost. So five wins or less is a disappointment to me. I agree, dude. If we five wins, holy crap, that's like that's that's a uh, that's apocalyptic in uh, Southern Miss terms, I think. Um, and, but yeah, you know, I did want to get into some more stuff. Uh, and, and let me just start this off by saying how happy I think all of Southern Miss Nation. I, I think that I can speak for at least a majority of Southern Miss Nation that we are in the Sun Belt. Uh, I don't think that would have came out of my mouth ten years ago. But no. man, I just love it. I just love this thing where we're leaning into this regional thing. And uh, 
Gil is the man. Uh, I'm so glad he's he's running the show. But you've been around this league for a while. Um, the last decade or so, let's just say that. What are your thoughts on where the Sun Belt was, where it is now, where you think it's going? Where it was. Uh, when I arrived at Troy, I paid zero attention first year. None. I was still on my uh, SEC thing that I had growing up, and I just didn't care that much. I went to one Troy game. It was a South game. I left at halftime to watch my SEC team play. That's <laughs> that's kind of how it was. Uh, but yeah. the Sun Belt was very uninteresting at the time. That was – Mid-expansion era, Idaho, New Mexico State were still around. It was a weird time. The next year, the game that got me into Sunbelt football is when Troy went to Clemson and got beat after just the worst officiating call. Uh, one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. Just kind of completely flipped the game, 14-point swing, and the eventual national champions won that game. That kind of pain and disappointment, I related to it, so I immediately – latched on to Troy and Sunbelt football. And it was a good time because that's pretty much the moment things started to take off. That's the moment things started to come together. App State kind of became the face of the league around that time. Um, a few years later, you had George State pop up and, and beat Tennessee. Uh, sometime in that period, you had Troy beat LSU and Nebraska in back-to-back years. Uh, then you had Coastal come around and have that insane 2020 season. Mm -hmm. The league started to grow. It, from a from a national brand perspective in that 2020 season it could not it's just a terrible thing to say but it's such a great thing that happened to the Sunbelt because it was put on tv and then they went and swept the big 12 in week one so it's that that year did a lot i think for what we saw over the next year or two start to develop and i think the league is heading to a bright place but with everything that's happening around the Sun Belt, it is so hard and so difficult to say that this is going to keep getting better. This is going to go unchanged to nothing is going to topple this. And one thing that always pops into my mind is that we Conference USA right now is in the same spot that the Sun Belt was in 10 years ago. And they are stripped of nothing. And the only difference is that the Sun Belt had a dearth of FCS programs to dip into that were very well established. Mm. USA doesn't really have that. But anything can happen between now and uh, 10 years from now. And the so thing now, now and 10 minutes from now. Yeah, going. I was about to say uh, the things that have happened <laughs> in the last two days uh, yeah. is ridiculous. So it, I don't I can't I can't say that, you know, Sun Belt's on a perfectly a great trajectory that's just not going to ever, ever get any worse. But I do think the Sun Belt's heading the right way. Um, I love the the regional aspect of it. I think the Sun Belt's kind of a, a beacon throughout college football at this moment. Um, a lot of people that are talking about the Sun Belt that would normally be talking about the Sun Belt are talking about yeah. it because they are the league that did realignment the correct way. They are the league that focused on bringing schools together that were very close, that Family members know other family members that, you know, went to school at Southern Miss. When I, like Troy fans, they know they know Southern Miss fans. Uh, Southern Miss fans, they know Louisiana fans already. You're bringing together these fan bases that are already very intimate with each other. Yep. These other leagues are not doing that, of course. That's where the Sun Belt kind of shines. That's where the Sun Belt is kind of rising above. I can't say the football is absolutely totally better than the American, but I think the brand – is almost surpassing the American in that way. 
because of how they did realignment. Yeah, I would agree. No doubt. Yeah. What, um, what teams would you kind of venture to say that, you know, might find themselves looking for a spot as uh, in the Sun Belt, kind of as things continue to kind of shake? I don't know how many teams are going to be looking. I've I've seen it brought up a lot that uh, American teams, you know, people pointing at UAB and like East Carolina. I don't think they'll ever leave the American for the Sun Belt. I I don't think that's really logical. Uh, Maybe some Conference USA teams, if that league ends up not surviving, the Sun Belt could look at that avenue. Um, But again, that's 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 a big unknown. Anything can happen, apparently. That's what I've learned in the last few months. There's nothing that is outside of the realm of possibility. But with the G5, uh, with four of the G5 conferences, I think things are pretty stable at the moment. We'll see. And, and sitting where I am, I don't know why. I mean, we're the new guy on the block, but I don't know why the Sun Belt would just be itching to add anybody at all. I mean, and there's if somebody not. really wants to come in. Let's let them you know, yeah. make the first move, right? Yeah. I mean, I just I think yeah. we're in a really good. We've we've somehow found, and, and such as Southern Miss fans, we've, this has been a while. Uh, we toiled in the Conference USA through the hyphen days, you know, uh, forever, and, and and we finally found a spot where we, we we love it. So so it's 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 good to sit on this side of it and see all this this reshuffling and this um, people wondering what's going to happen and you know, are we going to have a league and. Uh, and, and just constantly measuring yourself against everybody else and all these different scenarios. We just sit back and be like, we're good. Y'all do it. Do whatever you got to do, but, but we're good. Um, and, and as far as that conf- the, the constant conference shuffling, reshuffling uh, that, that's going on, let me ask you this. Could you ever see a scenario where there are widely spread out football conferences and small regional other sport conferences. And the reason I say that I was listening to um, the Dan Patrick show today and they kind of tossed around the idea. I said, you know, look, the, the football travels what six, seven times a year, maybe eight times total. Whereas everybody else, the golf team, the baseball team, the basketball team, it's, it's a lot more game, the beach volleyball. Um, so, I mean, it's not unheard of. A lot of uh, SEC teams played in Conference USA for soccer, I think, for men's soccer. Could you ever see a situation where there is just a big, huge football thing and then there's just other conferences um, for the other sports? Yeah, you know, as you just said, the the concept already exists, um, and it's it's fairly common for, you know, to have your – their associate members, as I believe that they're called, uh, the Sunbelts had – uh, several mini associate members at uh, UCA was one uh, they had some for women's soccer that I, I've seen that idea tossed around I think it's very plausible to have an FBS governing body just kind of take over uh, that runs football and these are the football conferences and then the, the conferences they have their separate the rest of it going mm-hmm. on for all the other sports because travel is a genuine issue for everyone else outside of football. You saw all the PAC 12 athletes start to sound off about it. It's very, I mean, they're going to be sent on a regular basis across the entire country and back a couple times a week, potentially. 
Right. That is ridiculous. It's, there, there needs to be a solution to it. It's, it's damaging to mental health. It's damaging to their uh, academic careers. You've, you have to find a solution to that. And that is one of the uh, very, very plausible solutions to it is you just create a governing body that oversees football and football alone. There's a lot of red tape, though, that's going to get involved in that, especially if you wait and all that paperwork starts to go through and all the money starts to change hands and the 10 year contracts are locked in. And then you go, oh, wait, ESPN, I want to bring all we're bringing all these members back and, and they're yeah. going to keep the old ones. It's it's a very messy situation. So the sooner they find a solution to it, the better. It is an extremely messy situation. Um, and, it, and what's funny to me is that as I'm listening to the, the daytime radio and 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 all of the uh, different shows out there, they all seem to eventually uh, come to the conclusion that these leagues need to be regional. <laughs> Again, it's it's like you start off at the regional and you go and you say, well, you got to follow the money. You got to do this. And um, it's, it's good for Texas and Oklahoma to join this. And, and then, and then it starts to spread out and you got the California teams going to the East coast and they're like, Hey, we know what we should do guys. Here's a plan. Let's make these things regional, which is how this all started off. Right. So it's this big circle back effect. That's, that's just, it's, it's, it's funny to watch and it's great to sit on this side of it and not have to worry. But yeah. It's almost like it. Scott said of, you know, let's have this governing body that runs football, like the BCS. Well, well, isn't that the problem is that we don't have a guy. There's no Roger Goodell. <laughs> There runs, there's nothing. There's a bunch of presidents and chancellors and football coaches. And they're all kind of just looking out for number one. Well, really? it's also, it's also a lot of donors that, that want yeah, things yeah. behind. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just so many moving pieces. Like even <clears> if we had a czar or, you know, somebody over it, I'm not sure if they could figure it out, but we don't even have that. So, um, but it's 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 really it's really yeah. really weird. I mean, I, yeah, I think I think that's what everybody's kind of waiting on or wondering is like, will there be a a split between obviously these big money schools and everybody else? Like, if so, like who would be a part of that? Surely not everyone that you know that's in a P five. Um, that's the big what, question, right? What does that look like? I, I I've heard, and Scott, you might have. Uh, a take on this, but let's just say there's 40 teams that split apart. How many teams are in SEC? Was it 14? Uh, next year is 16, 16 after. Okay. Or did, are all them in? If they, I mean, just, I know we're, we're just guessing right here, but in that situation, I mean, hypothetically would all of the, would, would that league just get in? And then would the, would the, would the big, whatever, just get in? Or do you pick and choose? Uh, like I'm, we're splitting FBS in half, or or breaking. Well, we're, we're, we're just we're just specifically like big money teams. If they were going to say, "Hey, we're taking these forty teams right here, and the rest of y'all can go do your own thing," of if there was that split right there, I mean, in your opinion, uh, how would that split take place? Would, would it would it be specifically? Would you start with the SEC and say all of these guys are in? Now we got to fill in the rest to get to the forty. If you're creating a forty team split, then you are. Doing that requires something that severs ties with well-established the Vanderbilt's in the SEC type deal. Um, You have you something's got to change from that regard because Vanderbilt's not making it into that. You know, 
uh, if you're and, and the same thing is going to happen in the Big Ten. Uh, same thing is going to happen. The ACC Duke isn't making it in that for football. Uh, so that would be the only way that I see a, a 40 team uh, Super League almost, I guess, kind of yeah. comes out. Uh, it makes me think about what happened in Europe a year or two or three ago when they tried to form a, a super soccer league. I know nothing about soccer. All I know is that the super rich people tried to form a super league and the fans hated it. Yeah. Lo and behold, you know, the rich people are like, all right, we just won't do it. And <laughs> that's what that situation makes me think about. But uh, I, I have no idea how that will work out. There's so much red tape that you'd have to get through to make that happen because the Vanderbilts and the Dukes are going to be very upset if they get left out of that situation, if there is a, if, if we do uh, vote in a, a czar and he says, all right, we're taking 40 teams and they're going to compete for the national championship. And the rest of you are just going to be there and compete for your own thing. Uh, there would definitely be teams left out that are going to be very upset. So. And, it, and it sounds very, it sounds, you know, it's probably it's not going to happen, but I mean, every sounds, day something else happens, right? It does. I feel like that, thankfully, is quite a ways down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in, that's not something that'll happen in the next 10 minutes, but it could happen in the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's no accurate. Um, Pilo, that's, uh, I mean, I think we've grilled our guy a yeah. little almost. Do you have anything else before we, we, uh, we let him? Know, yeah. It's, it, it is good to sit on the side, but there is there is the important thing to uh, to watch for if you're a Sunball fan is how they are going to go about changing the playoff format. That is going to be extremely relevant to Sunball fans. Uh, there apparently is already conversations about that. Uh, as it stands, if we got to 2024 and absolutely nothing changed, this what's happening is great news for the Sunball. It is great news. That means there's likely going to be two playoff spots auto bids that are going to be available to G5 teams instead of just the one. Uh, but that might change. We, I don't know what the format would look like with all the moving parts, not fully moved just yet. And apparently more parts that are thinking about moving. So I, at the end of the season, I think in the spring, we're going to start having some very real conversations about what the playoffs are going to look like going forward. I don't know how quickly they can change that. It's going to be it's going to be a little upsetting, I think, when we think about how long it took them to expand to 12 teams and then we look at just how little time it took them to rearrange the rules to limit the access for the G5. Yeah, well that's that's very very good point. And and you know, I, I, that's one of those things that I don't even really entertain the idea of. I mean, I, I entertain it in basketball and in baseball, but in football it's just I don't know if it's just I've been beaten down so long that I don't even know it's a, I just don't even think that's a possibility. If it ever becomes a possibility, I feel like they'll have a there'll be a way for them to 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 keep, you know, the little guy or whatever out of it, but um but but, but anyway, I tell you what, if there's ever a time, the last time we went through something like this, where I feel like there's just this monumental shift, we totally shit the bed and we hired Ellis Johnson, right? <laughs> like we were on top of the world. We, we won all those games. We won 12 games. We beat Houston. And then we just, uh, and then we fell off. I, I feel like um, that we're kind of at another one of those times where it's really important for Southern Miss to, to, to be Southern Miss again right now, not only for our sake, but I think for the Sun Belt's sake. And, and 
honestly, for I mean, if some somebody's got to do it, uh, Southern Miss has done it before. So if there's going to be one of the teams kind of like ours, um, this would be a great year to do it. And as tough as that schedule is, if you want to make a big splash, man, that's a great that's a great schedule to have, right? Yeah, it's gonna I, happen. I think from a marketing standpoint, there's there's two teams in the Sun Belt, two schools, both of them in the West that them producing winning football teams would be phenomenal for the Sun Belt. Southern Miss is one of those. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss is a big brand that ESPN will very quickly attach to. That's kind of my worry with South Alabama is I'm not sure how much national attention they're going to get this year if they do end up being as good as they are. Southern Miss, I, I don't think I, – I, Will Hall has said this. I, I think it was at media days at the first practice. can't remember. Uh, he sees the tough schedule as just a, one opportunity after another to get back on the national stage. And that is very, very, very doable for for Southerness. Well said. Well, man, um, Pilo and I are going to just finish up a little bit of housekeeping here. But before you go, uh, tell the listeners again where they can read your stuff, uh, how to sign up for the Sun Herald, and where to follow you on social. Uh, if you want to read my tweets for some reason, they're at Scott Watkins TU. That's where I do all of my work. I don't use Facebook or threads. Um, and you can just all my stories are posted there. Uh, if you run it to the paywall, you can uh, you'll get the nice little digital uh, subscription package there. It's uh, very easy, very simple. I have one uh, gets you gets you everything, the whole newspaper right here in your phone, which is going to be very important when paper doesn't exist in 50 years. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, Pilo, you got anything else for Scott before you guest? You are on mute, my man. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, what a classic move there. Uh, the voice, no, I the just wanted to scratchy to just non-existent. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to thank you, Scott, for coming on and letting us uh, letting us grill you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your uh, your Braves fandom as well. So I wish have... I knew more about the quarterbacks for you guys, but I don't. You will. That's okay. Nobody. We'll does. have you back on. Yeah, we'll have <laughs> you back really on halfway good. through. Good deal. All right, buddy. Well, we're going to finish up here. Thanks for coming on. See ya. And there he goes. Awesome. That was great. That was really good, huh? Yeah, really good. He's, you know, you know what I like about having people like that are professionals on is they are, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but they're definitely smarter than me. (laughs) Like you can ask them a question where I'm like, I would say yes, but he goes into like a long thing about it. Right. Absolutely. So that's what smart people do. So go follow, go follow Scott. He's uh, he's smart. He, he writes good stuff and he's fair. He's a fair writer, you know? Yeah. Um, we've, we've, we've had, we've had other kinds of writers in the past that have gone on to New Orleans, but anyway, um, Scott's a good one. So go do that thing. Pilo, um, there's just a couple more things on the agenda before we yeah. shut her down for our first episode of the, of the season. Yep. Uh, get people caught up on football season tickets. So I think the latest news on football season tickets is that touchdown club is sold out. Isn't that right? Oh, um, that's right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to omit that from this kind of rundown, but um, still like if you haven't gotten tickets yet, um, $99 upper level, six great games at home. I mean, what a, what a steal. Um, lower level at 220. Um, 
and then you know if you're looking for something more air conditioned we, we there's still some uh seats available in the east club and uh, again like i think we talked about a couple episodes ago two really good plans here for one families uh they're looking to come which includes a minimum of four tickets so um two adults two kids that's going to be lower level for 625 and upper level for 300 dollars. so you're talking six games four tickets each game 300 bucks um and you're gonna and that's see the some. one that uh that's the one that we did because my dad my dad joined in with me so if you have if you're like us we have a family of three right but the yeah. family plan includes four my dad comes to the games and he just buys himself a ticket so i called him i was like look don't do that and i'm gonna buy the family plan and then yeah. we split it four ways right so everybody comes out a little bit better yeah love it and also if you're if you're a recent grad um there's a couple options there lower level upper level for 270 and 150 so and that includes an eagle club donation in that and two season tickets so um, some great packages out there give um ticket office a shout and talk to tyler um and crew over there tyler's the man tyler also hit me up and their basketball tickets that are on sale yeah, uh, bleachers are $120 per seat. Chairbacks are $250 with an extra donation required. I don't really know what that means, but you got to pay more than $250. So it's not $250. But anyway, uh, there's a family plan with that. I'm probably going to do that one as well. The family plan is bleachers. Uh, it's two adults, two youths for $365 total. Uh, and like I said, there's just me and Katie, and we have which one son, Jack, but he's got a bunch of friends, right? So we always or we're always going to have an extra ticket so he can say, hey, come on, you know, whatever your name is, and we can take him to the game. Three hundred sixty-five dollars yeah. for the family for the entire season. A lot of basketball. And we're freaking games. loaded. Yeah. Again, I mean, basketball recruiting is going crazy. Uh, we don't have any time to get into that tonight, but we, man, look, Crowley coming back, big deal. Montgomery stud. Nefty talked to a source the other day. Uh, the source said. He was due back on campus, I think, yesterday or two days ago. And that he he was told he's 100%. So that's that's humongous. But so, so yeah, yeah. Um, hit Love. up. Yeah, hit up Tyler uh, over in the <clears throat> ticket office and tell him you heard it on this show. We don't get any kickback out of that or anything, but he'll be like, did you, you know, it'll make me feel worth something. So yeah, do that. Um, and last thing before we go. Uh, the golf schedule has been announced. We talked about Eddie getting the uh, the extension on his contract. We, we all yep. love Eddie, um, so that was cool. But but this fall and spring schedule, I don't know, you ain't got to go through the whole thing. But man, these guys are. You talk about anyone, anywhere, anytime. We're really uh, putting that to the test with the, with the golfers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like, and for those that don't follow, you know, college golf a lot, there there is a fall season and, and a spring season, so. Um, it's not like where our guys are really only playing in the in the spring that they're they're playing year round. So, and man, yeah, this this fall is um, kicking it off at Squire Squire Creek down Louisiana, and then we're going up to Ohio, out to Corvallis, Oregon, uh, back uh, to uh, Fallen Oak on the coast, and then over to Charleston, South Carolina. So, uh, just in a stretch from you know early September to uh, the end of October. And so, man, you're talking about what is that two, four, five tournaments um, kind of rounding out this fall to kind of get the guys in, in competition and, and ready. And then, you know, starting uh, 
in early uh, February, uh, kicking it off down at, at RTJ, one of my home course down in, in Mobile uh, at Nine Grove. And then, um, again, I think we played at that Auburn Duffner Invitational last year um, down at a TPC course down in Puerto Rico. So, again, man, uh, love to That's go on that bad. trip, Eddie. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, Houston, West Point, and then back again at Annandale for the Sun Belt Championship again in April. So, um, man, it's going to be a great, great schedule for Eddie and the team. Yeah, very cool. Um, all the way up to Wade Mead, literally coast to coast, and then to an entirely different coast in Puerto Rico. So, um, go get them, boys. Pilo, you got any shout outs before we shut her down? Do I have any shout outs? Um, because I don't, I'll be thinking as you're doing this. No, right I mean, the only, the only, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we were on a break and I feel like everybody kind of decompressed after baseball and you kind of don't see people that you've seen for months in a row, you know, and, and, or talk to people and, um, but I did have a good conversation the other day with uh, while I was up in Jackson with uh, Matt Rockwell, a good friend of mine, good friend of the show. Uh, he's like, man, where you been for the last month and a half? And I'm like, I know it's just life's been kind of crazy. And so it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny to connect back again with, with some of our guys and who we're going to see, you know, every weekend coming up and uh, looking forward to tailgating in the roost uh, with the Rockwells and, and everybody else that comes out to our spot. Um Looking forward to it. It's going to be a great year. And um, I can't believe we're like 30 something days away. So, yeah, less than that. Less than that. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, and I can't believe I didn't mention this last time, but um, uh, Tiro, our good buddy Thomas Royals, man. He, so he got inducted into the Pearl River uh, Community College Hall of Fame. Awesome. Um, I went to it. You know, this thing was done well. I met like everybody, like the vice president and the um, athletic director. Uh, you know, so many people um, came to, to what it wasn't just him. There's a few other people that were inducted as well. They all did a great job. This thing is high class. They did it down at the um, uh, the casino there in Bay St. Louis, Hollywood Casino. Yep. And. It was really cool. It was just everybody was suited up. It, it was it was very 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 well done. I wish the Southern Miss would probably do something like that. Even though the thing that we went to for the Hall of Fame was awesome, uh, this is yeah. probably better. It was a two night deal. They had a social the night before in in, in Old Town in Bay St. Louis, and and then when Tiro got up there, man, he he knocked the speech out of the park. It was great. I was very happy to be a very small part of it, um, as he invited a. Katie and I down there to, to, to attend it. Um, and another guy I wanted to give a shout out to was, was um, Ryan Hughes with uh, he, he was the guy who actually, uh, he, he not inducted Tiro. He, he kind of like um, talked about him beforehand. He, he yeah. led into it. What do you call that? Mm-hmm. Introduced. Anyway, introduced. Yeah. That's, that's, wow. How long has it been? <laughs> I get the introduce word. But, but th- that was cool. Um, <clears throat> And and we actually he was the guy that ate that uh, that sweet butter burger with the other night. Oh, cool. Um, he got the same thing I did. It was great. So he lives right there in downtown. So anyway, uh, shout out to those two guys. And and and, you know, like I think I, I, earlier I jotted this down. Uh, I think we have a new T-shirt idea. We just have a timeline. Go across the T-shirt. It says Sunbelt. And in a portion of it, you just put weird range. Yeah, I love so. it. 
t-shirt idea shout out to scott and shout out to scotty right? yeah i mean he, he killed it came on dominated very thankful for him to come on and that is about it man we have gotten through it yeah uh, i survived i didn't pass out yes you did thank <laughs> you thank you that's a shout out to pila for, for stepping up <laughs> um and thanks to everybody else for listening in today whatever day you might have listened and whichever platform you chose to listen in on remember you can follow me at bumper j bailey and patrick at p lowry you can follow us on all social at to the top talk and don't forget about the mailbag to the top talk at gmail.com hope you guys enjoyed it tell somebody to the top today And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame I was born here in Hattiesburg never ventured far away when it comes to playing football here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina Ohio State RLSU you play a good game of football but southern mississippi is a whole lot better than you when the football season is over and done here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee But I chose Southern Mississippi And right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC or Notre Dame You have lots of things to offer But Southern Mississippi put you all to shame I could play for North Carolina Ohio State or LSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980